This is the Bloggist Podcast, a new type of podcast here to connect brands and influencers in a way that has never existed. This is the podcast where brands and influencers can come together to synergize worthy opportunities to reach new audiences and new heights. We'll interview both influencers and brands to talk about quitting the nine to five, building up your base one connection at a time, and what brands should know about your audience in order to leverage theirs. Brands meet influencers, influencers meet brands. This is the Bloggist Podcast. Let's get ready for some SEO. But seriously, today we're going to talk about SEO and what it stands for and why you should care. Well, you want to know why we should care? Because we do not own Instagram, we do not own Facebook, but we all have the opportunity to own our own website. And if you are a marketer, influencer, coach, entrepreneur, then this episode is for you. I promise you're going to want to be sure to take your notepad out because Kyle Eng of Red Ventures shares everything you need to know about why SEO is important and the tools you can use to create content that people can actually find on Google. Kyle is a marketer at Red Ventures, a marketing company incorporated in the state of South Carolina that is focused on new customer acquisition. A fellow UNC basketball buff and data lover, Kyle is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to SEO. Now, there's a lot of information in this episode, and you're really going to want to, I promise you, take out a pen and paper for this. But we've also gone ahead and linked all of the tools we talk about in this podcast in our show notes. And while you're looking at our show notes, you know what else you can do? Subscribe and rate our podcast. Again, it means so, so much if you could leave a comment in the description of iTunes because it not only will allow our podcast to be seen by more people, but any of your comments will help dictate future episodes. And our goal with the Bloggist podcast is to create a community where we're able to bring amazing people like Kyle to share their insight to help your business. Now, this episode, I cannot say it enough, is such a good one. I had such a great time talking to Kyle, and I really feel like it's so few and far between when you're able to meet someone who really blows you out of the water when it comes to understanding the technicalities of SEO. I promise you're going to love it. I cannot say it enough. Let's go to the episode. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So could you describe a little bit about yourself and what you've done to how you've gotten to a place that you know so much about SEO, something that I know we are all so interested in, talk so much about, but really do not know enough about? Yeah, absolutely. Well, a little bit about me. I graduated from UNC Chapel Hill in May of 2018, go Tar Heels. And I majored in journalism and specialized in advertising. And I lived in Chapel Hill for most of my life. But, uh, you know, as it relates to the job I do now, I do SEO at a company called Red Ventures. And if you have not heard about Red Ventures before, Red Ventures is a, I'll call it a portfolio of digital companies. And they really connect consumers and brands together. And what I do specifically for Red Ventures is I do SEO specifically for investment banking and for a vertical that is homes. That involves in my day-to-day doing a lot of technical SEO, as I'll talk about a little later, and involves some data analysis and content management. But that really much encompasses what I do now as far as how I got to where I am. I think a lot of it I would attribute is purely from luck. Um, yeah. I think it's really important to you know meet the right people at the right place at the right time, which is a lesson within itself. 
to surround yourself and to get to know as many people as you can. Um, but at the same time, this is exactly what I love, looking at data, looking at digital marketing. I'm of the mindset that if you do what you love, then the rest of the puzzle will fall into place. So that's a little tidbit as far as uh, where I am today. So I really appreciate you walking me through your background. And I, I love that you kind of talked about how what Red Ventures does is connect brands and consumers and how SEO is such a powerful part of that. And if you think about it, like when I search for something on the internet, I mean, there's so many potential brand opportunities and ways that me as a consumer can connect with the potential business. And so really using like kind of the strategy behind figuring out how I can get my website placed in the search that like up until potential consumer could find me. And, you know, for all intents and purposes for this conversation, you know, we really kind of serve two different buckets and the people listening um, really kind of fall in the brand category as well as the content creator category. And for many content creators, I think that, you know, we view websites and we view blogs as something that we should kind of start dabbling in. Reason being that, you know, there are so many opportunities to produce a piece of content that can be found. And through that, so many ways that I can potentially make money from my website. So really excited to kind of learn more and start talking about ways that as content creators, how we can start using our website. Less of a, hey, I want to like, create a destination for me to create content, but let's create content in a strategic way based on what people are searching for. So really kind of looking at your website as a strategic vehicle to drive growth for your business. So I think just to get this conversation going, we'd love to kind of start talking about why should people care about SEO? And for everyone listening, like what does SEO even mean just to kind of start this off? Right. Yeah. So to answer your second question, you know, what is SEO? SEO stands for search engine optimization. And the easiest way of which I would explain it is to think about SEO versus paid search. If you think about, you know, typing in something in Google, so I'll, I'll say best shoes. If I type that in in Google, I would get the ads near the top. That is mostly the things that we scroll past. And then right below it is the organic postings. And that's pretty synonymous with SEO is controlling and trying to optimize the organic listings on a page such that users will click on the organic listings in an everyday world, right? So that's uh, really what encompasses SEO. And there are a lot of components involved with that. But as far as why should people care about SEO? Well, I'll list a couple reasons. And, and the first is, um, is what I just talked about, is that since SEO is organic, there's an inherent trust involved within organic listing as opposed to, say, a paid listing, which has historically been seen as clickbaity, as untrustworthy, as kind of false advertising. Organic listings have an inherent trusted nature to it, which benefits your brand infinite amounts, right? Because this is something that benefits your brand awareness. This is something that strengthens your brand as being one that is trustworthy. Another thing that people love about SEO is that it doesn't cost any money. Absolutely. Whereas search, you know, there's a dollar associated with every click that you have. SEO is completely organic, and that is something that doesn't cost any money at all. Another, another reason why SEO is something that is so important nowadays is it's a competitive standard. So you'll see a lot of the times that so many brands will strengthen their presence as it relates to organic, as it relates to SEO. And it turns out the companies, the brands that are not doing SEO are now seen as outliers, are not seen as ones that truly aren't capturing as much content in the digital marketplace as they really could be. For those reasons, SEO is such an important aspect as it relates to, you know, search on Google is really capturing as much audience as you can. 
And then really just bettering your digital brand experience. How do you make sure that your brand gets as much exposure to as many people as possible? Absolutely. And I think like, I love your first point of paid versus organic, right? Like I'm inherently going to trust a post or a website that I see organically come up in my search terms. And those like 10, that those 10 search terms or the, the 10 sites that come up, I've actively gone out of my way to search for this. So one, like I as a consumer am that already extremely interested in whatever this topic may be. And now I'm extremely, like infinitely more likely to go to the website or the landing page or the blog that is probably like underneath the paid segment because I know those people were running targeted ads on me versus um, actually creating content that they know I would be interested in. So with that, as saying I'm a, a content creator and I have no idea where to begin, I think we use, we all know that SEO is something that we should kind of think about, but how do I even begin? And as someone who maybe is using WordPress or Squarespace, those are two platforms that many of our customers use and the people that are listening use, how do we even begin? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's oftentimes a daunting question because there are so many different components involved with that. And the way that I'll start is you simply have to know what you want to rank for. So in SEO, it's really, really sensitive to the things that people are searching for, which is uh, right, really self-intuitive. But at the same time, it becomes a complicated art of what content can you curate such that it ranks and it shows up in Google for things that people are searching for. So to start off, you just have to purely know what industry you want to be in as it relates to the Google searches. So for instance, again, I'm going to relate to the shoe market. If I want to show up for shoes that people are searching for to buy, well, then clearly that's going to lead me to a search that is shoes to buy right now. And I can curate my content so I can rank for that specific word that people are searching for, or that phrase rather. So the more often you're in line with what people are searching for and as it relates to your product, the better. So that's a good place to start. You know, there are a lot of components of SEO. There's a technical component um, that I'm sure we'll address at some point today. But um, there's just a lot of things um, to start out as it relates to SEO. There's keyword component, as I talked about. There's also an important addressing of creativity versus volume. So if I'm relating to the shoe market, you have to understand there's a fine balance between are people actually searching for what I want to list? So if I want to list a special cheetah shoe that has 10 laces, well, how many people are searching on Google for cheetah shoe with 10 laces? Not many people. If I'm wanting to search for things generic as sneakers to shop on the internet, well, that's going to get a lot, a lot more people who are going to search that. So you have to really balance that delicate art of showing a product that is really going to get a lot of people who are going to search that versus actually relating to your product. Absolutely. But I, I love this notion of creating content based on what people are searching for. So if you're, you know, it's the winter and you're doing a roundup of the 10 summer dresses to buy, well, no one is looking for that right now. So important to kind of look into what are the things that people are actually looking for and typing in and not only that, using specific keywords to kind of guide your content. Yeah, that's exactly the case. In fact, there are a lot of blogs that work the other way around that they curate content and then they see what keywords they can rank for with that content. And while inherently that's not a bad strategy, purely from an SEO standpoint, it's really important to your point to determine what season people are searching for. So there's obviously a seasonal component to it, but purely what does your product look like on Google? So how do people search for your product 
instead of having to curate content and then work backwards to see what keywords it can write for. Absolutely. Really interesting. So with that, and I would love to kind of dive into this. I know we didn't speak about this, but thinking about your SEO strategy. So the ways that many content creators do make money is by people going to their website and buying from them. So not only do I have a post that is potentially SEO optimized, but now I'm going into my website to, I'm I'm adding affiliate links into my website. And I'm probably going to talk about a lot of SEO myths that come up because these are just questions that we get a lot, but word on the street. And I think a lot of SEO conversation is word on the street. But when thinking about SEO content versus or SEO rich content versus content that's really driven with really powerful and high payout commission affiliate links, I'm curious, like, do those two things, can you feed them into one another? So thinking about a really robust affiliate marketing strategy on your website paired with an SEO strategy, because I do know that I have heard on the street that Google doesn't really love this notion of people making money whenever someone potentially buys from a blog post that you've written? That's a a great question. And I'll impact that in two ways. The first way is you're exactly right on on the myth that Google doesn't entirely appreciate kind of this affiliate marketing tied to SEO. And if you take a step back, SEO in general is to optimize the user experience. Everything that we do, everything that I do serves to better users who are searching for my content. And in that notion, the more ads, the more non-relevant links that we get, the more non-relevant links that we have on our page, there are signs to Google that we're trying to make money off of a post. And Google has become so scarily intelligent at detecting these things that it's going to penalize you if you're not serving the consumer first and you're rather trying to make the most money. So we'll talk about this a little later as well. But, you know, there are a lot of ways in which Google detects your content. And I'll call that crawling. And the way Google crawls sites is going to see that, well, if you have a American Express link in your page without any sort of relevant context, then it's going to flag Then It's going to say, well, hey, I know that you're trying to make money from this. I'm not going to reward you as high on the page because I can tell that you're clearly trying to make money. So in that vein, inherently, there's not sort of a, a reward, risk reward to having affiliate marketing. And what I will say, though, is that the more times in which you bring in other different domains, as I'll call them, other different websites, the better. Now, if your affiliate marketing happens to better the user experience in such a way that, you know, if I'm tying a credit card to an American Express affiliate marketing that truly betters the user experience, then that will benefit SEO. And that will be something that is a trigger to Google that I'm mentioning another brand and able to loop in this experience that is all encompassing of a financial service. Now, where that becomes a little iffy, though, is if I'm adding in that financial brand purely to make money, which, as I said earlier, Google has become scarily good at recognizing. So it's really two sides of the same coin as as far as um, the sort of opposing cons of affiliate. I think it sounds like it's just having adding value in whatever way that you can. So building content based on what people want and making sure that if you are potentially linking to an external website, that there's a reason behind it and not completely oversaturating your website with random affiliate links that you know you potentially could make a little bit of commission from and adding banner ads throughout your entire website, really adding a real strategy to how you backlink to other websites to make sure that you know Google does prioritize your post or your website compared to others potentially writing about the same thing right that's that's exactly the case and it actually goes beyond words on a page right and you said it exactly as the, as the case is that sometimes even banner ads so sometimes image ads google will even recognize that 
as too invasive to a user reading an article. So if you have a pop-up banner that is invasive, Google will also penalize you. So in more ways than just text, is Google penalizing affiliate marketing that is invasive and not useful to the reading experience. Wow, wow, that's huge. So we talked a lot about websites right now, and I want to kind of talk about what your perspective is on building the perfect SEO-rich website, like where to even begin. But something I'd love to kind of talk about too, obviously Google owns YouTube, um, and there's a lot of other social media channels out there. And I know when I'm looking for someone, specifically a name on the internet, frequently their name comes up as it pertains to like their Instagram account or Twitter account or their YouTube channel. So I'm curious as it pertains to this whole SEO conversation, as we're thinking about external sites outside of my potential website, are there ways to make, say, my Instagram bio SEO rich or my YouTube description really rich? So when someone's potentially looking up like a lipstick and I have a YouTube video about a Maybelline red lipstick that they were looking for, my YouTube video might show up. Yeah, so that is, that is also a really good question. And that's, and that's an inherently tough question because the reason why you know, blogs are so tied to SEO is because that's what Google has historically ranked uh, when people search. And that's showing up because if I type in, say, best lipstick in America, well, then I'm going to get content as it relates to a blog because that's the easiest way for Google to crawl, which is, as I said earlier, another way that Google digests or essentially feeds content. So blogs, you know, being word heavy, it's going to be something that Google favors because it's just really easy to digest. If we're talking about a YouTube video, again, since that's in the video format, it's going to be a little more difficult for Google to determine, A, what the content is about, B, whether the content is relevant to what people are searching for, and C, how, how refreshed is that content? How up-to-date is that content outside of, say, when the content was uploaded? So in that vein, it's just really hard for Google to tie a specific video to a specific search, and then Google is then intimidated or, I guess, daunted to rank something if they don't know entirely for sure whether it relates to, say, lipstick. Now, all that being said, I think that Google is continually evolving. So a year in the past, you won't see many YouTube packs featured on Google. And what I mean by pack is something that you see in a box on the search engine results page. So a really easy pack is the navigation pack. So if I type restaurants near me, you're going to get that Google map in the middle of your search, and that's a pack. So more, more and more times, Google is integrating different aspects into the search engine results page. You're going to get shopping packs when you're looking for lipstick. You're going to get map packs as you're searching for location-specific things. Um, and who's to say that YouTube can't be a pack in the future? And as you said earlier, Google owns YouTube. So I would imagine they would favor YouTube as really a predominant part of integrating you know, the best user experience as people are searching. All that being said, Instagram, YouTube, those are inherently hard things to crawl because they're not purely you know, words on a page pictures, their infographics, videos. So in that way, it's just really hard to identify that content. Not to say that Google isn't evolving every day, though. Makes complete sense. So I'm curious from your perspective, if I am one of the listeners listening to our episode, I'm most likely someone who has thought of a blog or has a blog or has a website. And so for me listening, I might kind of feel like, why should I care about SEO if I'm never going to have the same sort of search ranking as an e-commerce website? So again, back to SEO myths and lores that I've heard. But I do know that the more pages that you have, the more likely your website is going to show up. So as an e-commerce 
e-commerce company, you have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of product listings. So most likely when someone looks up a pair of denim in a size 10, maybe my website will come up because I have a ton of different pairs of denim in a size 10 versus a content creator who wrote a really, really, really meaningful blog post about all of the different denim that they've ever bought in a size 10 and why people should buy it. So I'm curious as we kind of think about this SEO conversation, how can I really use SEO if I potentially am never going to be seen in the same way as like an e-commerce business might be? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And, and the first thing I'll do is challenge that hypothesis that you'll never be in the same vein as e-commerce. And my challenge is that in some ways you can't because as I circle back to my original idea, it's that you have to be really careful about what you want to what you want to rank for um, for a specific product. So in the case of lipstick, for instance, you may not rank near the top for general lipstick ideas, but the more you specify, the more you tone in on a specific type of lipstick or lipstick near me, Google then favors local content. Google then I would call weed out some of these e-commerce sites that while they are very powerful, while they do have a ton of content, these are sites that offer very broad ideas as it relates to that idea. And as you kind of narrow into a specific product aspect, that's when Google starts to reward these sort of localized blog type brands. So, you know, there are a lot of ways in which you can think about keywords as it relates to your product, but the more ways in which you can narrow in on a specific keyword that doesn't have that competitive aspect that L'Oreal plays on, well, then you have a higher likeliness of, of getting in the uh, search engine results page. That's huge. I mean, I was just thinking about this idea that as a content creator, right, my job is to create narratives around specific products, around specific ideas. And to your point, L'Oreal is not really kind of coming up with that editorial driven content about how to use their red lipstick. It's a solely an e-commerce transactional experience. And so for me, as a content creator, I now am able to take that red lipstick and maybe find a way to um, use that red lipstick and like, or that makeup that I bought and contour it on my face and give my followers like a step-by-step guide as to how to use that product in a way that like a traditional e-commerce experience business isn't. That's exactly that's exactly right. And you bring up a really good point, which is backlinks, right? So if I write a, a blog about how to use lipstick in the, in the best way, well, then this is a really easy way for L'Oreal to link to my page in, a, in the form of a backlink. So, you know, the content that you write can be good within itself, but the content that you write that encourages other sites to link to you, to mention you, to mention that specific URL that you're writing, the better. And in the case of how to put on lipstick, well, then that's a golden nugget for L'Oreal to link to as they say, well, now that you bought this lipstick, here's a here's an article that Julian wrote about how to put on lipstick. So there, there are a lot of ways in which you can you know, write the best content as it relates to a specific keyword, but there are ways in which you encourage specific domains to reference your page that are just take up well. That's that's great. I know a lot of our content creators, a big focus is really serving as that like kind of editor for their community and finding ways to bring in products, companies, not only that, external content from other creators as well to really support one another. And so not only is that a way to one, support each other, but two, that's really an SEO strategy in itself is finding great content that's really, really meaningful. It adds value and posting it on your website and in exchange, that content creator will probably do the same for you. And not only is that really sharing internet love, but that's really, really helping boost your SEO ranking as it pertains to your website and that post. 
Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the case. In fact, to give some context to Red Ventures, we actually have a whole team pretty much devoted to that. It's known as our outreach team, and that outreach team is pretty much devotes themselves to finding media outlets that would find use of a lot of our pages and asking those media outlets, well, can you link to our page? Can MSNBC link to our page? Can CNN link to our page? Because it would really help those experience. And as I said earlier, there's going to be a differentiation in content. So the financial industry, that's going to be primarily surveys, macro environment trends as it relates to the financial industry, as opposed to, say, a definition type article. And the more surveys you have, well, then MSNBC is going to want to link to that survey as they talk about it on their evening show. So content can really be curated in that way of, can you, can you create content that truly benefits other people, which if we circle back to the top, really just benefits the user in general. So if I'm reading a page and if it provides me another opportunity to go somewhere else, then that is just truly encompassing the best user experience of not just reading this one article, but other opportunities linked to it. Yeah. Wow. I am learning so much. This is definitely a pen to paper <laughs> episode. I'm so excited about it. Influencer Insights, top social strategies and proven techniques to increase traffic and brand engagement from like-minded people in the field. Want to be featured on Influencer Insights? Share your strategy in the iTunes comments. Now, if this episode hasn't been enough of a wealth of knowledge about SEO, well, this isn't necessarily a tip. It's something we want to highly emphasize. Another reason you need to care about SEO is because Instagram, Twitter, Facebook are not SEO optimized. So say you do a highly meaningful partnership with a brand, it's not gonna live forever. That post on Instagram is not gonna live forever. But if you do that blog post about a product that you wore from a brand, that will. And not only will that bring traffic initially once you post the blog post, but it'll make that brand money over time, which in our opinion is truly invaluable. Where do I begin? So you sort of talked about what do I want to be known for and what is my website about? And not only that, like what is my content about? So now I'm kind of thinking about I've identified what I want my brand to be all about. You know, again, as I said, there's two main platforms that many creators use. There's WordPress and there's Squarespace. And so kind of starting from the technical side of things, like where do I begin with building my domain and my website? Like when it comes to even my URL or how I build the descriptions and my about section. Like, what are really those key things that I should think about when it first comes to where should I even build my business online? And then B, when it comes to really building my brand name, are there any things that I, anything that I should take into consideration? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll start with the kind of in the weeds aspect of technical SEO. And URL is one of those exact things that we have to take into consideration as we're building a brand, as we're building a website. And if you think about sort of the outline of a site, the URL is what people think of, you know, the hierarchy of the domain, which is in our case, bankrate.com, and then the subfolder, which follows the slash. Those are really important aspects that actually Google deems in its hierarchy, in the hierarchy of a specific page. So if you lay out the foundation of your content before you actually post things, well, then you're going to set yourself up for success because as often the case in SEO, and, and I guess other functions in general, you want to lay a foundation such that you're building a house and not have to repair it down the road. Because if you build a URL framework, it's going to be so incredibly hard to fix it, call it a year from now, once your content is in a good space. However, if you set up a good foundation 
a good foundation of structure, a good foundation of organization, such that you're able to add to it instead of having to change it, then you're really setting yourself up for success to build upon the power and the trustworthiness that you built in your brand and then not having to change it a year down the road and essentially throwing a red flag to Google, you know, hey, we're changing our content. There is a different way to look at it. So that's what I'll we'll say about the technical and kind of SEO in the weeds kind of aspect. And there are obviously a lot more aspects involved and I won't go in much detail. There are things that are called maps that essentially help Google detect pages all on your site. And when you have a site that has thousands and thousands of articles, sitemaps become so incredibly important. There's things called indexation, which relates to crawling, as I talked about earlier, that are really just in the weeds that you want to figure out and structure as you're building a site such that you don't have to fix it. But let's dig into that. Are there any tools that I can use to index my website in such a way that in a year I'm not having any issues? And I do know that WordPress has some good SEO integrations and I'm unclear if Squarespace does, but if I do, I don't want to be a a year down the road and be like, oh shoot, I've literally never thought about how I can really build an SEO rich website. So what are those tools? And, you know, we can definitely add that in the show notes too. You can send those over to me, but you know, are there things that I could potentially implement that I, I should really know about? Yeah. And I'll, and I'll break that question into three parts. And that is third-party tools, proprietary tools, and first-party tools, essentially uh, what tools Google offers. us. And if I talk about third-party tools, those are sites or tools called Ahrefs, uh, SEMrush, Majestic. Those are tools that are less helpful for us and more helpful for gauging competitive stimuli. So if I skip to first-party tools, which is Google and say, Google Search Console, those are tools that we can that Google allows us to look at our own volume, to look at the volume and behavior metrics for our specific pages. And it makes sense, right, that Google only allows that privilege to us because we want that sort of be private. Now, where Ahrefs and where Majestic come into play is that they predict and they kind of assume in their, in their scoring model what those volume metrics are. So in that way, you can kind of get a good gauge of what competitors are doing as it relates to pages, as it relates to content curation, but also to backlinks and to to indexation as well, because they have a plethora of tools in their portfolio that allow you to identify, you know, what what is a competitor page? What does their backlink portfolio look like? What keywords are are they ranking on to a general degree? And as far as proprietary tools, well, that is specific to Red Ventures, but a lot of our proprietary tools encompass automation. So how do we encourage specific aspects of my day-to-day such that we can automate them and have time to devote to a more manual processes? This really encompasses data reporting, a lot of, uh, I'll call volume extrapolation, such that we can easily track how Google is favoring specific people in in, in the search engine results page. There are a lot of ways in which you can utilize these tools Um, to to improve your page and to make sure that your page is as relevant and near the top as possible. That's awesome. So kind of taking the human side of things, but there's also data and there are companies and tools and products that we'll definitely try to link in the bottom of our show notes that people can use as a resource too, because I do think that, again, this term SEO is so daunting. And so like fundamentally it makes sense, but how do we actually build things from an executional standpoint? It does seem like there are tools that people really can use to help them build um, an SEO rich website from the beginning. That's exactly the case. And and, and to, to your point, there's actually a lot of documentation now. There's a lot of SEO-rich documentation that allows you to build a framework, not from scratch, but from other sites, right? So 
There are ways in which you can look at competitor sites and kind of build that structure from the ground up with their structure in mind. Absolutely. So say I'm someone who built a website five years ago, and I never really thought about people actually finding it from Google. Where would I begin? And I know that that sounds, it sounds like it's quite the big undertaking, but if there were like little itty bitty things that I could start doing right now to make my content inherently more SEO rich, what could I do? Yeah. The way I'll start with that is circling back to the original idea, which is know what you want to rank for. So, and that really relates to your product. So if you're a five-year-old brand and you're talking about shoes, well, how are you doing on Google as it relates to those searches for shoes? If I specialize in sandals, um, then I want to make sure that the things that people are searching for as it relates to sandals on Google, that I'm ranking near the top. And if I'm not, well, that's a clear indication within itself that I need to better my content so that I'm ranked number one for the product that I'm selling. And then also for the products that I do want to sell in the future or even right now, if I'm not ranking for it, well, that's an opportunity gap analysis, right? So if I'm not ranking at all for it, well, then I need to create content for it. If I'm ranking very poorly, well, then I need to improve the content. I need to update it in such a way that will get me near the top. So there are a lot of ways you can look at just the ways in which people are looking at your content and looking at your product based in Google's eyes. And again, you can utilize those third-party resources. You can utilize Google Analytics. You can utilize Google Search Console so that you can get a better understanding of how you're ranking for the keywords that really matter for your product. That's huge. And so talking about traffic a little bit, you know, many people, you, if done right, you really, you own your website. Your website is your business. Your website is your brand. And for so many content creators, people find out about your website through social media. So really using your YouTube channel to drive traffic to your website and using your Instagram account or like Insta story swipe ups to go to your website. And I'm curious from your perspective, obviously traffic from Google's perspective would dictate a potential higher SEO ranking because Google sees that people are organically finding a website. So do you have any like potential best practices or do you have any thoughts around really using your Instagram or your social channels, your Twitter account to serve your website in a way that'll potentially organically help bolster that SEO ranking? Yeah. So, so two kind of keywords that I'll throw out is internal linking and then backlinks. And, and those kind of are one and the same, but if we start with internal linking, this relates less to say your social media linking to your blog. Internal linking is essentially a backlink that relates to within your own website. So if I am Nike.com and I want to link to another shoe that is still within Nike, but then I need to make sure that I'm referencing that page in as many pages in Nike as possible. So this is less the case if I'm relating, say, my Instagram account to Nike.com. But the more often that you link to your relevant pages inside of your site, well, that's signs to Google that this is a cohesive and this is a flowing structure that you have that all your products relate to each other and Google will reward them equally as it relates to internally linking. Now, if we dive a little deeper into Instagram and versus a domain like Nike.com, well, that's less the case, right? Because Instagram and Nike.com are two separate things. But the reason why I bring in St. Backlinks is because Backlinks are assigned to Google that the domain is trustworthy. And this isn't something that I've talked about yet, but in Google's guidelines, they have something called EAT, which is Expertise, Authority, and Trustworthiness. Those are essentially three guidelines that Google uses to determine who should be at the top of the list. 
Now, as it relates to authoritative and trustworthiness, well, if your Instagram references your page, well, then that's a sign to Google that Nike.com is a trustworthy domain because an Instagram account is a reference to them. And what you'll often find is in backlinks, you'll get a very good balance or a very delicate balance of quality and quantity. So in the Instagram world or in the Twitter world, you're going to get a lot of people who reference Nike.com. You're going to get people who have hashtags or ads Nike.com. And Google's going to recognize that, yeah, these are important, but I'm going to diminish them and I'm going to dilute how many people are referencing them because there are so many of them and they're coming from social media. Now, if I'm on, say, MSNBC and I'm referencing Nike.com, then that's a better backlink because that is coming from a really reputable site that isn't social media. So in that, in that whole process, social media definitely benefits the brand, but there's a diminishing return because Google recognizes that there are a lot of ways social media can, can be used to dilute specific equity, which is essentially a way of naming a brand. And then there are also people who use social media to abuse that, right? So people can buy social media talks, they can buy social media asks as it relates to the influencer marketing in general, as I'm sure you know. Um, there are a lot of ways in which people use black hat tactics to use social media to fuel the way in which people talk about a specific brand. And again, Google has become scarily good at recognizing that. So if you buy something in that world, Google's going to penalize you. Wow. So digesting that a little bit. So there is power in, from an SEO perspective of, I have a website and I have 300,000 followers on my Instagram account and, you know, constantly potentially like having this one evergreen post about, we'll use that denim example that I used before, constantly using it as a reference point is valuable, but only so valuable. So by me constantly, like over the course of a year, refreshing that post to have have new updated denim that's like relevant right now. The most important part of that is the fact that you are updating that so that when someone goes to the website, they click around and go to a other relevant website. But the fact that you're really using this as a way to drive traffic from your social channels to your website, you know, from an SEO perspective, that might not be like the golden ticket, but really having that evergreen content so that you can constantly refresh it with new external pages like a Macy's.com or a Bloomingdale's that has a robust amount of really relevant denim that many people are searching for, that's valuable. It's it's wonderful that people are visiting your website, but the true value is once you get them there, how engaged they are with kind of clicking around and engaging with the links that are on the physical website itself. Yeah, that's exactly the case. And it's, it's really just a balance of how are you referencing your pages and on what platforms and, and then how reputable those platforms are. And then this is a way in which I'll tie the third-party tools again, is that in sites like ahrefs.com, they have a proprietary scoring system of specific domains. And what you'll find with, say, twitter.com, while they do have an incredibly high domain rating, they recognize that it's inherently a social media platform. So there are a lot of ways in which a lot of people abuse that, as I said earlier, by buying links from those specific Twitter sites or, or, or specific Twitter users. Now, for sites like Macy's.com, you also find that those have a high rating, which is, and that's really outside of social media. So you're really going to get a lot of more reward from that because people can't abuse that as highly, uh, and they can't use that to their to their gain by buying some sort of package to get references to your page. Absolutely. So to me, it sounds like really taking a step back and thinking about purpose. And so 
if I'm a, a website owner, I'm a blogger, I'm a content creator, you know, there's nothing to discredit for you saw something, you, you know, saw something on the internet that you really want to do a quick blog post about. There's a reason for that. And maybe the reason is you just want to, you know, write a long form piece of content that maybe other people aren't searching for other than your followers. However, on the flip side, from a, like a holistic business perspective, really thinking about ways that you can find that like SEO rich piece of content, maybe on a quarterly basis, maybe on a monthly basis that you can really, that is people are searching for and it's really rich with external websites that have an abundance of traffic as well that over time will make your website really bubble up to the top but i'm curious from your end do you feel like there's a gold standard for how many if i'm a content creator how many potential very educational seo rich pieces of content i could be creating on a monthly basis on a quarterly basis on a yearly basis that'll really allow my website to kind of bolster up um, in terms of seo ranking yeah and there, well, to kind of burst the bubble, there's no definite number to this. If, if that were the case, then every website would be adhering to that. And if there <laughs> is a number, Google isn't offering that because there's very little that Google is going to tell about SEO because they want, they want to encourage brands to offer the best content. So if there is a golden number, then Google is keeping that very much a secret. But what, I'll, what I will say, though, to a curation of just content in general and especially as it relates to EAT, expertise, authority, and trustworthiness, it's that the more the better. Now, it's not the more the better by offering pages that are useless and don't offer better user experience. I mean better in terms of curating and really offering users the best content as it relates to your industry. So if I'm going to relate to my industry, which isn't within financial services, there are so many avenues, there are so many opportunities to talk about, say, a mortgage or a, a refinance or, or a purchasing loan, right? So there are a lot of ways in which you can curate content for that. So the more content that I create, not only is that driving more traffic to my site, that is a sign of Google that I am really reputable brand that is has a lot of expertise, that is authoritative, and that is trustworthy in this space because I'm truly offering, you know, definition type content as it relates to a 401k, but I'm also offering advice to when to open for retirement. So there are a lot of ways in which you can look at content but it's in the most case, the more the better with an asterisk of bettering the user experience. It's really an art. Yeah, that's exactly that's, the case. It's really an art. Well, I feel like you've given me such a wealth of knowledge and I feel like, you know, even just kind of starting from square one, where do I begin? And then from there, like providing some really exceptional tools that I'll definitely link in our show notes. But, you know, if you were to impart any additional wisdom on us as we think about one, why should I even care about SEO? And then B, if I'm just thinking about where do I even begin and what are those just little best practices that I can start implementing in my day to day content strategy? What would you recommend? Yeah. So the first thing that I'll say is just know what you want to rank for. I just want to drive that point home. I probably said that about 50 times. And it's just really knowing what you want to rank for because SEO is all about what users are searching for. So the more you understand what people are searching for and why people are searching for them, well, then it's really important. And what I mean by why people are searching for them, that it's really easy to just take a phrase and just throw that out the door and just try to rank the best for it. But if you truly dissect what people are searching for, then you can really write the best content for it. So a really good example of this is what is a credit card versus best credit cards. If I'm searching for what is a credit card, then I'm looking for a definition. I'm technically not looking to buy quite yet based on that search alone because I don't even know what a credit card is. I don't even know how to apply. Whereas if I'm searching for best credit cards, well, that means that I'm pretty dang close to 
applying for a credit card because I want to know the top ones because I'm ready to press the button and get into it. So the more you understand what people are searching for as it relates to your product, and, and the product in this case is credit cards, the better you're going to do ranking your content and getting specific content that ranks for those specific words. That's the advice that I'll give as it relates to that. Now, if you're starting a brand out and if you're really starting from scratch, one just advice, one tip of encouragement is to just slow down and to just recognize the long game aspect that is SEO. So I know we talked a little earlier about paid search. For paid search, that's something that you can see benefits now. And obviously there are pros and cons to that because you know there's a dollar associated with that. There are diminishing returns. The click-through rate for, for paid search is nearly not as high as isn't within SEO. And just the thing that you have to recognize within SEO is it takes time to curate. Working in the SEO world is in the months, if not years range. So as you are building a brand and as you are building a website, you have to recognize that you won't see successes this week or next week or next month or even the month after that. Building that sort of authority as it relates to EAT takes time and it takes a portfolio that should signal to Google that you are authoritative in that space and doing so is one that requires constant monitoring it costs a lot of money indirectly to build a team that can write good content that can monitor the content in such a way that is smart and that is intelligent using of data uh, and then finally utilizing the content that you can improve your content in the future you don't want to stay stagnant the word that I, uh, I hate to use is, is stagnant and being in the same position in, in a long time. So the more often that you improve your data is going to be really, really beneficial to curating the good content. So strapping down in your seat, playing the long game is something that is so important to SEO. And oftentimes people think that SEO is just something that they can do really quickly. And while there are, you know, quick iterations, SEO is definitely a long game. So make sure to strap in and don't rush into any specific objectives. Um, and you're going to be repairing the house instead of creating a new one. Absolutely. That's so insightful. And I mean, every business is constantly testing and iterating and looking at data points to make informed decisions. So I think if anything is constant reminder that when it comes to building any sort of business and any sort of blog, really thinking about it from a holistic viewpoint and making sure that you build the foundation before you really start rapidly building any, any house or any content. Right, exactly. Awesome. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. I know I learned so much about SEO more than I think I've ever learned before. And I know if people will have questions, I know they will. I know they'll probably want to reach out. So if people want to find you and they want to learn more about Red Ventures, how can they find you guys? Yeah, uh, well, I'm always on LinkedIn. So feel free to message me or connect me on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn is my name. So Kyle Eng, as you'll see in the show notes. Yeah, I'm, I'm always more than happy to connect with someone as it relates to SEO, if it relates to SEO and marketing. So I'm, I'm always here to give a word of encouragement. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time and thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Since you've made it this far, don't forget to subscribe to the Bloggist podcast over on iTunes so you never miss another episode. Show your support by giving us a five-star rating and taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it on Instagram stories. We always love seeing who's tuning in. And for more information about Bloggist, check out bloggist.co. That's B-L-O-G-I-S-T.co. For influencers, think of Bloggist as your personal manager. We're here to crunch the data about your audience, help you identify ways to grow your online following, and discover ways to monetize your social media channels. 
And for brands, Blogus gives you all of the qualitative and quantitative data necessary to find the perfect digital influencers to work with who will help you build your brand and convert new customers. That's all for this week. See you next time.